and welcome to another episode of Maroon and Bold, the sports podcast that talks everything CMU sports. I'm sports editor Andrew Sermon. I'm joined by my assistant editor, Gregory Wycliffe, and CMU women's basketball beat writer, Mackenzie Sanderson. Um, we're here to preview uh, the weekend events today. The women's basketball team is coming back to, to McGurk Arena for their home opener. They're going to be hosting WNIT preseason games. Um, they have two this weekend, tonight at 7 p.m. and again tomorrow, Saturday at 7 p.m. Uh, Mackenzie, tell us who they're playing, and, and do you have any insight to, about what these teams are, their records? Um, yeah, they're all 0-1 right now, all okay. four teams. So um, CMU is playing Furman tonight at 7, and then they'll play again tomorrow at 7, regardless if they win or lose. So they'll either play Elon or Eastern Washington. Now, they did get spanked pretty handily, which yeah. was to be expected in their, their, their first game of the tournament by... The number one ranked team in the country, the Notre Dame Fighting—no, no, not Fighting Irish, just Irish now. Yep, um, just excuse Irish. me. Um, the, the score of that game was one hundred and seven to forty-seven. Um, Sugavara basically saying it, it's a wash. We're, we're just going to uh, have a short-term memory going in, in, into these games. Um, you talked to her a little bit. Uh, what was the sense that you got from the team and you got from from Coach G uh, after that game? Um, you know, she just. She kept saying, uh, it's short-term memory, it's behind us now. Um, they struggled to score a lot, but she did highlight a bunch of players, like Aaliyah Suari, she had 15 points, and uh, Tanara Moore had 10 points and 3 assists. So she was happy to like see her team come off the bench. And uh, what she wants to focus on this weekend is what she called the Achilles heel of their team is communication. They need better communication. They need to talk to each other. So at practice, she told her coaching staff, I don't want anyone to talk to these players. I want them to talk to each other. So that's that's her big thing right now. Hmm, that is really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, I, you know, you'd think with the year that they had last year and the chemistry that they showed last year on the court that they would – carry that chemistry over in, into this season. I know it's the start, but that's kind of shocking to hear. Um, you know, they're, they're returning Presley Hudson and now in her sophomore year. They're returning Cassandra Breen now in her junior year. Tanara Moore, a junior. Um, Raina Frost, also a sophomore. Um, that core four really led them last year, and they played with great chemistry throughout. Now, Leah Suari is kind of interesting to me. And, Greg, when we covered them last year, and, and you've covered them in the, in the past, was Leah Suari really a player of note? Um, not really. She was a she was a, a player that came off the bench a lot. Right. Um, she was spotty and, and sometimes she's a good shooter uh, from the corner. But other than that, she wasn't really one of the uh, big time players from last year. Uh, so it was surprising to see her come out uh, in that first game against Notre Dame and shoot the way that she shot. So that shows you that she's worked on her game over the summer and she's going to come into this season and, and uh, kind of help out Cassie Breen, who's the leading three-point shooter on the team. So the more shooters, the better for CMU this year. Yeah, I think that's something that um, Breen really carried last year. And, and Hudson contributed a lot to, to that three-point game. But after that, it was kind of a fall-off in, in their their backcourt and frontcourt three-point shooting ability. Um, they didn't really have it besides those two. Um now, it's, it's always a great thing to have Suari. Now, what grade is Suari? Suari is a junior. Okay, so yeah. they're such a young team. Mm -hmm. yeah. Young team. How, how many seniors? Do we know off the top? They only have two seniors this two year. Two seniors this yeah. year? That's awesome. They got a lot of freshmen coming up, too. Yeah, they do. So. They do. Um, we're, we're having a feature coming up on Avery Gamble, a, a local yep. kid, um, a coach's kid, um, a freshman this year. She took the whole season off. Um, uh, not, not, not the season, but did not accept to play var or Division One basketball. She was kind of was ending her career, and then yeah. – Basically said, hey, 
what the hell, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so check out that in, in, in Monday's edition of CM Life, and we'll have that online as well. Um, but looking into in, these upcoming games, what are your predictions? Um, I I think they got a good chance of winning at Furman. I mean, they were they were picked like to finish first in the MAC, so I think they got a good chance this weekend of getting some wins in. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is not to. Not to worry too much about the shock of that loss to Notre right, Dame. Yeah, there's, it's. Yeah, and that's what coach keeps stressing too, because they, you know they're the number one team in the country, and they're in yeah. the number one team for a reason. So they were really happy to have that opportunity to play them, yeah. and um, I think it's a learning experience, really. Yeah, you don't don't quote me on this, but I think the last time they played Notre Dame, they were blown out, and I think they went on to win the MAC championship that same season. So really? I don't think that uh, a loss like this. I mean, a lot of people didn't expect CMU to win that game. Right, so, right. I yeah. mean, you knew you knew where you were going to get in that game. I think that game was more of uh, seeing where they could compete or where they compare to one of the best teams in the country, yeah. talent-wise. Uh, showing that they have a long way to go, but um, in their pers- perspective uh, conference, I think that CMU is going to do really well this year, and I expect them to win tonight against Furman. Yeah. Um, Coach G often – you know, comment on you have to play the best. You have to see that really good competition in order to be that really good competition someday. Um, and you know, she takes great pride in, in being an elite women's basketball program, um, and they've done that. Um, now, those other games, we'll just tell the, our audience about those other games. Now, it's Eastern Washington versus Elon, Elon today at four thirty. So, yes. it, yep. if you're wondering why McGurk Arena is 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 in event mode, that's why. And then again tomorrow, it'll be 4:30, um, and that'll be the winner of Elon and well, the losers of, of Elon Eastern Washington and CMU. Um, you know, I'm not actually sure how the damn tournament works. Yeah, it, you know, they all play regardless if they win or lose. It's just Furman will play tomorrow at 4:30. Okay, and CMU no and matter CMU, what. CMU no matter what will play at seven. Okay, either Elon or Eastern Washington. Okay, so. that, that makes sense. So go out and check the Chippewas. It's your first chance to see them this year. Um, and, I, and like like these two said, they're going to be exciting. I think they're going to be exciting. Yeah, definitely. Now, now looking forward to the rest of the season, um, what are your guys' biggest takeaways from last year that, you know, we, we've talked about the 3.4 seconds left, the, the loss. Where's this team's mental focus at, at, at right now in their confidence level after that, you know, that offseason work and then coming back and getting just – we knew they were going to lose, but 107 points. Yeah, uh, I think that honestly, I don't think that game is going to matter at all. Yeah. Uh, once, because once the MAC tournament or once the MAC season starts and then they get into the MAC tournament, I think that from last year losing that game, the way that they lost to Buffalo is definitely fueled that team. And uh, they get to play Buffalo twice this year, which uh, they didn't do last season, so they get to kind of uh, get ready for that in the MAC tournament if they if they end up facing uh, Buffalo in the MAC championship. But I think as far as the season goes, they have a lot of players that are coming back from last year's team that were young last year. They're still young this year, but yeah. they have more experience. That's what Sue talked about. Their and, experience is yeah. experience. Their experience yes. is experience. <laughs> that is, was uh, a Sue. true quote. <laughs> <laughs> as Sue will say. But uh, I think that you know they have shooters. They have inside play. They have uh, players that can play multiple positions. Yeah. Uh, they have a great coach. Um, they have a good fan base, and they have more. They have, I guess, hunger on their side. Losing that game the way that they did last year, so I fully expect CMU to win the MAC, the MAC West division, and win the MAC championship yeah. and head to the NCAA, 
double-A tournament. Yeah, Kenzie? Yeah, I, I definitely feel the same way. You kind of took the words out of my mouth. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the thing that I noticed about that covering that team as the beat writer last year was they won a lot of games down the stretch that were close. I mean, they had to pull some game. Eastern Michigan, they had to pull out. Um, there were some crazy games here at McGurk last year where you know there was Presley Hudson with seconds left doing a scoop and score, um, to you know to win the game. Um, they know how to win, they know how to compete, and it's really just putting it all together as as, as Coach t- you know said, communicating with each other mm-hmm. and putting it all together. So this is going to be a good warm up test for them. I think as we said. These teams are very beatable. I think it's going to kind of be go back to, to warm up mode, yeah. um, and they're going to get those, those those early kinks all all worked out and smoothed out. Um, but thanks for joining us, Mackenzie. We we appreciate it. Do you have yeah, anything no else problem. you want to add about the team? Um, not Fire really. up chips. Fire up chips. Yeah, <laughs> check them out this weekend. Should be a good game. Absolutely. All right, we're going to transition over to men's basketball. We're going to take a quick break. See you soon. Hey everyone, sports editor Andrew Serma here. If you want to stay up to date on what's happening at CMU and the surrounding community, follow our social media accounts at CM Life and at CM Life Sports on Twitter, Central Michigan Life on Facebook, and CM Life Photo on Instagram. Hello everybody, we are back, Andrew and Greg. We are now joined by CMU men's basketball beat writer Evan Sassiella, Salsa, if, if you prefer to call him that. Um, Evan, what's going on with the men's team? Enlighten me. Well, they're off to a 3-0 and start. Uh, they've hit the triple digits uh, two times uh, this year. In the span of six days, last Friday, they beat IU Kokomo 117-53. to And then they put up 107 points uh, yesterday against Marygrove. They're fun to watch. They are. Uh, they start off pretty sluggish in games, but uh, in the second half, they just turn it on, and it's a whole different story. Yeah. Um, what do they have coming up? They're going to the Texas uh, Lone Star Showcase in Austin. They're going to be playing against Pepperdine, St. Bonaventure, and I believe Little Rock. It's going to be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. three games in three days. So they should be a lot of fun. A lot of basketball. Small fun fact about Pepperdine. That's where Zoe 101 was shot and filmed. I just want to throw that out there for our audience. Um, about this team, we're going to go back to the, about this team. Um, they shoot the three ball. 3MU. They were 3MU. almost they, they almost rely on it at times, but Coach Kino said otherwise. He said, you know, we know how to get high percentage buckets when our three shot ball is not working. Why did he have to say that? Were, were they were they were they were they struggling for three point range um, last game? Last night, yes, they were struggling from shooting behind the arc. They were three for twenty four from Ooh. the first half alone. <laughs> Yeah, that's not good. Well, they're not afraid to shoot. They <laughs> Josh, have... Josh Kaczynski was 0 for 8 from three-point range. He finished the game 1 for 10. But a lot of those balls were in and out. I think he's just yeah. on a, a cold streak. He should well, be able to pick it up. I, I noticed that against Kokomo that he was kind of – he just couldn't really – he couldn't get one to go down. No, he, it's very it's very weird to see. He was knocking down everything right. last year. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think he'll get out and of the roll. before that, too. Yes. yes. Yeah. He couldn't miss, but – a lot of in and out shots, so he'll find his rhythm, uh, and they're hoping that he can step up and be able to score maybe four or five threes a game and help yeah. the offense out. Yeah, I mean, he, like you guys said, he, he was pretty hot. He's been struggling this year. Blake Hibbets has returned from what I've heard. How's he looking from the, his, his long um, recovery knee injury? He's been all right. We haven't seen too much from him. Um, the ex- right. exhibition game he played uh, sparingly, just a couple <laughs> minutes, didn't play against Ayu Kokomo, but right. he's been playing the last two games. He's uh, knocked down a couple threes. He's been more of a guy just to come off the bench, be an energy guy, you know, a veteran that's being able to help the young guys out. And 
that's kind of his role right now. And as he nurses comes back from the injury, we'll probably see a lot more, especially during the MAC season. Yeah. My biggest question about this team was their front court. Do they have the bigs to be able to compete when when they're not playing an IU Kokomo? Um, you know, they're playing. They're 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 in the MAC and they're they're banging up against bigs who who go six ten, who go six foot nine. Um, what have you seen from, from from Luke Meyer, from Deron Scott this year? Uh, haven't seen too much. Um, I mean, uh, they're you know they've kind of worked during the off season. Um, they look a little bit stronger. Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of they've, they've truly progressed from their freshman year to their junior seasons. Um, but if you took a look at last night coming into the game, there were four guys ahead of both of them uh, and rebounds. And it was Marcus Keen, Braylon Rayson, right. David DeLeo, Kevin McKay. Those are the guys leading rebounds, I think. Uh, Deron Scott had five and a half, and maybe Luke Meyer was, I believe, below that. Um, so uh, they just got to be better um, yeah. in terms of rebounding because if they guy, those guys can't pull down the board, especially against guys like Antonio Campbell from Ohio, who will be back, and some right. of these other big guys. It's going to be game over pretty quick. Yeah. Now, now you mentioned one player that I'm kind of really interested in, and is that David uh, DeLeo. Yes, David DeLeo is from he's good. I- Iowa City. Um, now he's the son of Frank De, uh, DeLeo, who um, came up with Keno. He he's from Iowa with with Tom Davis, Keno's father. Yep. Um, he he has connections there, so he's a coach's kid, but he's been impressive. Yeah, he he's uh, kind of the sixth man, first guy comes off the bench uh, at two minutes in. He'll be the first guy into the game, and he's kind of like the John Simons type of build. Yeah, um, he's go, big he, go, guy. he goes about six seven. Six seven. He can shoot the three ball. He's gonna just be out there, you know, just to be like a John Simons and. You know, played multiple positions. He's also a good rebounder. Um, he's averaging was averaging eight a game going into yesterday. Um, so, you know, when uh, Duran and Luke are, uh, can't get those rebounds, he's going to be a guy that's going to be right there to be able to c- help pick up the slack a little bit. Something interesting that Braylon told us earlier in the season was, and he, he pointed this out, we're not the biggest team, but we're going to run. We're going to run. We're going to run. We're going to run people out of the gym. If we That's how we have to win games. Um, now, it concerns me with injuries. Can they keep this pace up? Can they keep their legs fresh all season? Marcus Keene went out with an ankle injury following um, last night's game. Is that going to be a issue coming down? You know, as we get throughout the season, will that will that hinder this team? And especially that injury there to Keene. Yeah, I don't think so. I think uh, Braylon Rayson said after the game he looked fine. He was, he's going to be good for Monday. I think uh, they're going to they reevaluated him today. We'll see it Monday. Uh, Marcus Keene, he's a he's a baller. Yeah, he doesn't want to leave the court ever. He's always smiling. I I don't think this injury is going to keep him out too much. I, think I love how he's always smiling. He's always smiling, never down. Even when he gets yelled at by Keno, he's always <laughs> just laughing. Yeah. Um, but in terms of uh, the depth and how they're going to be able to keep their legs fresh, um, they're playing a lot more people than they did last year. Last year, Keno Davis was running out six, seven man yeah. rotation. Yep. Two of those guys would always be in foul trouble, so they're basically playing five deep. There's ten guys um so far that are consistently playing minutes and they're all small, they're all fast. They can you know, they're doing a lot more full court pressure. Um they're not relying on the half court defense a, a, a whole lot. Yep. Uh, they're trying out the full court press because that's how they're gonna need to compete in the Mac. When they have a defense that, you know, it's not reliability, um, they're gonna have to uh, spread the floor out and be able to, you know, trap some guys on the perimeter and yeah, uh, do all that sort of stuff. Well, I'd love to know what their their workout regimen is and and what, what kind of conditioning those guys yeah. do because they have well, to run. They probably run a lot because they're not that big of a team. Right. So they must be in some serious damn shape. Yeah, they probably in really good shape. Uh, but they have two good point. Well, 
guards in in Keen and Racing. Yeah, uh, you know, you brought you brought call them point guards, and I, yeah. I, would, I would agree with that. They're both natural point guards. Yeah, I, I think that they're both point guards. But uh, it's an interesting uh, dynamic with uh, Keen coming in uh, after Fowler being leaving the team, right. uh, Racing still being here, but having to be in a backcourt with someone totally different. But he played against him in uh, in high school, so yeah, kind of knows right. how he works. He knows how he plays, so I think that kind of helps. Uh, their their chemistry on the court. I just think that uh, they they probably have one of the better backcourts in the MAC. Uh, I think I agree. But what scares me is also their uh, their uh, low posts. Um, um, Luke Meyer and uh, Deron Scott. They're tall, but they're not thick. They're not right. uh, really big guys that can really bang. Uh, I know Deron Scott has been notorious for getting into foul trouble. Right. Like he will come into the game and two foul two fouls in like three minutes and he's right back on the bench. Yeah. Uh, they can't afford that from him, uh, especially with their such a, of a small team. So, right. but I think um, with Racing and uh, Keen being being back there and having that dynamic backcourt, I think that will pick up some of the slack that they, they lack down low. Yeah, I, I guess my one um, criticism of of Coach Keno Davis and his coaching staff is they've struggled to develop their bigs. I mean, they've had Luke Myers in this system for how long? And he's, he looks be- better physically. He, yeah. he looks stronger. Mm-hmm. They've had Deron Scott in this system for how, you know, how, yeah. how many years. But I have not, I'm yet to see a big here be able to, t- to catch a ball on the block and work a defender with some nice, well-coached uh, post moves, footwork. Um, I, and I don't know. I don't. I don't know if, I, if, I, if I'm missing something. Maybe you guys. Have. I think that's your spot on, especially yeah. uh, with Duran Scott. Obviously, he's really athletic. Great, uh, great athlete. You know, he's one of those pick and roll lob kind of guys, catch the alley oop and dunk it. But outside of that, uh, I don't really see any development in his offensive game, his back to the basket game. Uh, I think that's the next step for him and Luke Meyer. So, oh, yeah, right. yeah. Like you said, the back to the basket game. Get, feeling that guy leaning Call on, on him. Uh, Hakeem Olajuwon. <laughs> get him in the camp. Get them in that camp down there. Right. Well, well, you know something that's interesting. I just learned it, this. Kind of just sparked my memory. It's kind of off topic, but in football, this is way off topic. You're allowed to have former players come back mm-hmm. and, and 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 practice like once a month, and as long as they don't work for the team or the university. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know the exact wording of the ruling, but you know, so they had. Sh- um, they had Ben McCord, the football team had Ben McCord back. Yeah, they had. But I was thinking, well, what kind of bigs can, can CMU bring back? Bring Brad, Chris Kamen. Chris Kamen, man. <laughs> bring Zach, Zach Saylor. Yeah, Zach Saylor. Yeah, sure. that would be interesting. That's I funny. Mean, yeah, that would be interesting. I mean, Kamen's an NBA player, played in the NBA for right. over ten years. Yeah. And I know the he coaching the staff. Yeah, yeah, the coaching staff might not have the connection with, with yeah. Kamen, obviously, mm-hmm. but they can make one. That that's mm-hmm. someone who you don't hear much about mm-hmm. as of late. You don't really. He- I think he's retired now. Yeah, well, so. well, I mean, like yeah. at CMU in the yeah. CMU community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't even know that Chris Kamen w- went through here. Mm-hmm. Um, that's interesting. But yeah, I think a lot of this season is going to be on their bigs if they can. Yeah, if they can rebound, uh, block shots, make some plays in the post, that will take a lot of pressure off of Keen and uh, and Braylon. So yeah, absolutely. Evan, anything else you like to add? Yeah, well, just going back to the rebounding. Uh, just like I said, going to yesterday's game, they had four guys ahead of Meyer and Scott and rebounding. It's Keen and Rayson, who are both, you know, five, five nine, nine yeah. five, right. somewhere well, in that range. That's They're not getting good at all. Th- th- that could be telling though that, that they could have a system in place where their goal, those those bigs who are in the game's goal, is to to don't even worry about going for the ball. Your job is to put your rear end into someone and box them out and clear them out so that Keen. 
and those guards can come in and, and, and do their job of, of getting a rebound, which is kind of unconventional, I suppose. But you know that might, that might be why that those guys' jobs are just focusing on clearing out that lane and, and, and you know bodying up a big when the ball is coming off off the rim um, to allow other people to be able to get in there. Kind of reminds me of uh, Russell Westbrook with the Thunder. He's, I think he's their leading rebounder, yeah. and I think that's just a part of his game. Well, so Derek Walton could, at, at U of M is the same yeah. way. Mm-hmm. That you could know. be just Keen and uh, Racing's their game that they want to get the rebound, they want to push and it and push it. Yeah. Right. So I mean, it may not be that uh, it's not that Duran and Luke aren't getting rebounds or they're not trying. It may just be that uh, Keen and Racing are also down there banging with banging. Like right. you said, they're probably creating space for, for Keen and Racing to get rebounds. So. And they have said that the bigs have gotten on them for not rebounding. So a goal of there this year is not only just to, you know, carry the offense essentially, but to go down there and help craft the board, yeah. especially on the weak side. It's off, a collective off team effort, for yeah. sure. There was an interesting quote, I think, that Keen, that Keno said about Keen, that, you know, he had a good game, but so he had zero rebounds. He exactly. had slippery rocks. So exactly. that, that's something he's willing to work on. And a couple other guys uh, that really stood out, uh, Cecil Williams, he comes from yeah. Moberly Community College. He's built. He's built. And the, the Keno Davis has said this is a, a D1, mm-hmm. Big Ten type of body that, you know, it's been really been absent from uh, the system and from his program. And he's able to drive to the lane. He, he can shoot the three ball. He shot one from the Mary Grove bench and drained it yesterday. <laughs> and he can get to the free throw line all, as well, and he can drain yeah, shots. He, he has got 14 of right. 17 uh, last Friday against IU Kokomo. He's you know, getting down boards. He had 12 points at the half. He went scoreless, I think, in the second half, but he had eight rebounds uh, yeah. yesterday. So He looks like he goes about 6'6", 215-ish, two, 220-ish. Yeah, he's about 6'6", six, six that size. Yeah, he, he's very well, well built. Something, someone else who impressed me rebounding, and I, I know it was against Kokomo, who didn't have the tallest, biggest bangers down low, but um, McKay, the young freshman. Um, is it correct? Name? Wrong? Yeah, Kevin yep. McKay. Kevin McKay? He, he, okay. He, I just had to be sure. <laughs> he's a big-time player from what yeah. I've seen um, for these first three games. I would not be surprised if before the max season is the next couple of months, if he continues to play well, he could push someone out of a starting mm-hmm. role. He is that Golly. good. He's, I saw him the first college game against Ayu Kokomo, 6'4 and a half. He's... I think he's listed as a four, but he's kind of a guard size. Yeah, and he yeah. gets the offensive rebound over three guys, puts it back up. Uh, but he had a double double yesterday. Yeah, uh, off the bench, uh, he had a tremendous second half, uh, and he was in the press conference after the game. We we're talking to him, and he said he still feels like a freshman, but he said he's all believed he's had such great athleticism, and he's just a fun player to watch. He comes from <laughs> Warren De La Salle. He was the all-time leading yeah. scorer at Warren De La Salle. It's a good basketball program. It is a good basketball cr- program. So. You know, he, it was just kind of a steal for Keno Davis to CMU to get this guy. You know, with the recruiting class, his first one in 2012, the Chris Fowler, uh, Simmons, uh, John Simons, Austin yeah. Stewart. Yeah. Uh, the, we're seeing from these three guys, David DeLeo, Matty Smith, Kevin McKay, these rotation players, uh, if they continue to improve, they're, they're going to be uh, up with that class, I believe. Is Smith wearing the, the 15? He's running 15. He's going to be the backup point guard. It'll be interesting to see if uh, Marcus Keene can't go or he's being limited if uh, Matty Smith uh, can play. He's a little bit undersized, but right. he can. he's aggressive. He hustles. He'll die for loose balls. He's right. able to help run run the offense, and he, sh- he should be a good player. I think the overriding narrative of the season will be undersized but fast. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's, that is what we're for most every position. Yeah, when I mean, you're not big, you got to run. Right? Yeah, they're, they're bad courts, five nine, five nine. Yeah, on a good day, maybe. I think I'm taller than, than Braylon, <laughs> but he he's very good. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll, we'll see where the season goes. What, what you guys for these next couple of games here? What do you what would you like to see from this team? 
I like to see them um, continue their winning streak. I like to see them, you know, some Meyer and Scott be able to dominate. It's going to be a tough three days, three games in three days. Uh, you're going to get a lot of bumps and bruises, especially down low against these bigger schools. Yeah. So how they can handle that um, and how this, you know, the 3MU, if they can come alive. You know, they were right. cold yesterday. If they're going to win games in the MAC, they have to rely on the three ball. Um, Keon Davis said uh, before the season that this is probably the best shooting team he's ever had. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, they can come alive. I say it a lot. Yeah. Well, I'm mean, saying it a lot. <laughs> it really is. This team has led uh, the MAC in three point shooting uh, yeah. for the past two seasons. It's kind of scary. It's, it's kind of scary for opposing teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think, uh, I think, you know, obviously they weren't picked to, to do well this year. Uh, I think these three games against Pepperdine, St. Bonaventure, and Little Rock are going to be telling uh, simply because I think that these teams are better than the teams that they've played so far, uh, as far as talent wise. And, I think that um, it's going to be interesting to see how they shoot the ball and also how their bigs play uh, yeah. with, uh, I think, more talented teams that are going to be there, coming their way. And also keep an eye on Keen. I know that they're saying that he's fine and everything, but ankle injuries don't just go away. So they, they, Yes, that's that's what I'm is, is – yeah. that, that lingers. Mm-hmm. And then you're playing three three games in three three days. That's that's a lot of basketball on a bum ankle. So. He, he might, because, as you said, he, he's, a, he's, he's a gamer. He's, he reminds me a lot of Fowler in that sense. He's a baller. Mm-hmm. He's a gamer. Um, he's not going to get off the court. So he he might be the, the kind of player who's who plays through that pain, but, you know, he's just a step, a step slower. Because of it, you know, and he might not realize it, but he might be moving just a little bit slower than what he could be at 100%. Then I would ask the question, is it really worth it this early in the season? Because what you really need him for is the MAC and the MAC tournament. So you don't want him to get out there and hurt his ankle even worse and then have it linger kind of like how Chris Fowler's injury lingered last season. And it kind of threw off the rhythm of last year's team. So. You don't want that with this year's team, especially with right. a player as good as Keen is. And Keanu Davis said that he was going to take. Uh, it's going to be cautious. He's mm-hmm. going to be cautious, very with this. Uh, you know, it took him out with ten minutes yesterday. Was when he suffered the injury. Didn't put him back in. No need to, um, especially this early in the season. These games don't matter. The right. real season. If you're in the Mid American Conference, it's going to be the MAC season. So you can determine your seeding uh, yep. for the MAC tournament because that's the only opportunity f- to get to the NCAA tournament. So that's the goal. This is just a preseason for them. Uh, keeping Marcus Keynes healthy has got to be the ultimate goal. If he can't mm-hmm. go, then he shouldn't go. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you joining us, Evan, as always. Greg, good day to you, my good friend. For CM Life Sports, I'm sports editor Andrew Serma. Have a good one, guys.